Welcome to the HackerRank podcast, episode 8. I'm Vivek, the CEO and co-founder of HackerRank. Today, we have James McLeod, the software engineering lead at Lloyds Bank, one of the largest banks in the UK, as our guest. James has been a developer for almost 20 years and has spoken at places like GitHub Conference and DevOps Enterprise Summit. Today, we'll be discussing the digital transformation in the finance industry. So welcome, James, to HackerRank Radio. I think our listeners would love to know a bit of a background about you. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's James McLeod. I'm a software engineering lead at Lloyds Banking Group. I've been with the, the company now for about two years. I was actually introduced to Lloyds Banking Group through a consultancy called um, Sapient Razorfish. We were invited into Lloyds maybe about two years ago now in order to help with digital transformation of the organization. And just the challenge of kind of changing the way that the organization works in terms of engineering and in terms of, you know, agile and how we work together and how we form new ideas. When I was introduced, it, it sounded interesting, but when I actually joined, you know, it was just phenomenal. And it just so happened that um, at that time, I was after a big challenge within my life around my career. And I thought to myself, how could I actually make the greatest impact here? And whilst I was working within the organization as a consultant, I knew that by moving into Lloyd's and becoming a permanent person within the engineering leadership team, that would have the greatest impact. Because ultimately, you can do some magnificent things as a consultant, but you are a little bit detached from the organization. And so I made the leap. It was a bit of a leap of faith. I um, decided to, to join the ranks, and I haven't looked back, to be quite honest with you. And so, yeah, now... I'm looking after how we're transforming in terms of engineering communities, guilds, shifting into a non-hierarchical organization, forming chapters, and really demonstrating engineering across the whole horizontal width of the organization. So your LinkedIn, one of the things that you mentioned is on your title, you said you're engineering the bank of the future. And we are starting to see this trend happening. Every company is becoming a software company. There is nothing called as a non-tech company these days. Everybody's hiring developers. Yeah. And uh, I would say what was previously called as financial services now change it to fintech and now eventually it's now like a tech company. Maybe I'd love to know more broadly about what do you think triggered this transformation? I mean, obviously I'm biased because we started HackerRank five, six years back mm-hmm. and we're starting to see a tremendous amount of demand of hiring engineers from all these companies. So that's, that's one lens that I have. But it seems like it's more than my bias. Like there's some external shift or a pattern yeah. shift that has happened causing this transformation. We'd love to have you give specific examples or things that you're doing differently yeah, yeah. Uh, at Lloyd's or the general financial industry. Absolutely. So for me, the thing that's actually triggered this is technology shift that you have through applications and the way that people are engaging with products online. The customer, and funny enough, I was actually speaking to somebody about this yesterday at the GitHub conference, so at Universe. Customers have a more physical relationship with businesses now, right? So when I started within my career, not to put a number on it, the physical relationship an organization would have with the customer was a lot more detached. So you would create a product, you would ship it, it would be out there. If um, customers knew how to use it, then that was great. If they didn't know how to use it or for whatever reason, whether it was accessibility or or anything else, it was then the customer's challenge to either get in contact with you or figure it out. Mm -hmm. But what we have now, so if we advance ourselves to where we are now, we've got a a different culture of engineering now, which is centered around cycle times and feedback loops and agility and uh, automation. 
And also the types of engineers that we have right now are a lot more curious about the impact that their software is actually having out in the marketplace. And so engineers are a lot more focused on business outputs and business impact. And what that means, with all of that together, you're able to ship quick and actually see how customers are engaging with your applications. And if people are having difficulty, people are a lot more emotionally attached to their applications now that they will take it back around through the feedback loop. The thing that is actually triggering the transformation is that within finance, Mm -hmm. we've now got challenger banks in the same way as over here in San Fran. You've got Uber who are challenging how people are, are taking cabs, right? So it's almost like you own that relationship through your mobile to a cab driver And you don't need to extend your arm in order to hail. You don't need to go to a a specific rank in order to get their service. You you touch a button and then somebody comes and collects you. The only other analog way that you could extend previous relationship that you had with a taxi would be to grow longer arms, you know, or jump higher or shout louder, you know. But actually technology is putting you in contact with that cabbie, whether you know who it is or not. And within financial services, we've now got challenger banks who are actually really small in comparison to Lloyd's, who has many thousands of engineers. We're actually finding that you've got lean companies, specifically in London, and London's actually really great for this. San Francisco is really innovative and you see new products everywhere. In London, around finance, we've now got all of these disruptor banks appearing, you know, in offices. And with a a very small team or a collection of individuals, they're able to create new products which also have that real close relationship with their customers and they're able to get feedback from them and and engage with them personally. Seeing this trend uh, as how challenger banks are putting customers at the center of the experience, retail banks, you know, like us, like Lloyd's, you know, or HSBC or Barclays or RBS or whoever, are also thinking, wait a minute, our products, where people have been relying on banks in order to get a mortgage or to get a loan or pay into a, you know, a savings account, that draw now isn't enough. Customers want a relationship. They want to feel physically attached to the bank through their digital connection to that, no matter you know what kind of connection it is. It could be a mobile, it could be Alexa, it could be anything. What did you think they were doing previously? It's like when you talk about the digital connection. So I think we have, and this isn't just a finance thing, I think banks and other large enterprises have had products that people have been relying on. You know, so you need a bank in order to go to work. You need something there in order to have your salary paid into. You need to visit a bank in order to get a mortgage. You need to go to a bank in order to get a loan, in order to buy a car, you know, and so... I think people's individual needs around finance has brought people into there. And so products have been selling the relationship. So you would sell the relationship through low interest rates or the overdraft facility on your account. So I think the draw into banks has been a magnetism because you need it to survive in life. But now, I mean, anybody, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody could be a bank, but we're now seeing Amazon or Apple or Google or, you know, people who you wouldn't really relate to finance, providing services around uh, provisioning loans. And if they wanted to, they could also provision other types of financial services because they've got deep pockets. And so the attraction for banks now is about how we can actually provide a service to our customers and put the customers at the center 
Whereas before, the products were at the centre because actually you couldn't go to Google in order to get a loan and finance was a lot more centralised. Whereas now it's it's very decentralised and you know, you've got startups which are providing account facilities and maybe there's only 100 people as part of that organisation. Whereas Lloyd's is built on many thousands of people providing those services. So to answer your question directly, People came to us because they needed us, but actually there's a lot more opportunity for people to go elsewhere and engage differently with finance. Mm -hmm. And can you give me like a specific example of what was an interaction with Lloyds Bank, for example, look like 10 years back from a customer perspective and how has it changed right now? And maybe after this, I'd love to know how, what are all the other areas that you plan to change in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really great, right? I mean, you and I, I mean, we've been living in the digital age now for, for many years. This is my career, and I've been in my career for, for a while. It says almost 20 years. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> right, okay. So let's, um, let's expose that elephant. Yeah, so for 20 years now, I've been playing stuff digitally, and so that's not new to me. I've always been experimental with applying technology to problems. But when it comes to banking, people, people in society have always been used to a bank having a physical presence somewhere. So within the UK, about 10 years back, people would go to their local post office. You know, it's, it's a post office, right? You buy stamps there, you exchange currencies there, send parcels. But the post office was a real social gathering ground, you know. So whereas now we have online communities, you know, we're always attached to people in Slack and Facebook and Instagram and elsewhere. The post office and also your bank was where people met. For many people, that would be how they actually um, had physical one-to-one relationships with people. Banks had that tactile relationship with people. So you might know the, the cash assistant because, you know, it's a neighbor of yours or, you know, you go in there daily because you, you own a business and you pay in all of the money that you earned. Fast forward like 10 years, a lot of transactions that are actually being made aren't that physical anymore. So we call them checks. I'm pretty sure that you call them checks in the US, but like physically written exchanges of currency where you get your checkbook out and you, you write a check and you give it to somebody to pay into your, your account. All of that stuff is being phased out now. You know, people are actually exchanging currency from bank account to bank account online. The need for people to go into branches now isn't really there. And it's it's not about removing the social ground, you know, for people. It's not about punishing society. It's just a society shifting. People aren't actually going into branches now because there are easier ways of engaging with delivery services. And now, you know, within banking, we've got lots of different technologies that allow you to exchange currency without even needing to leave your desk. So... For me, it is that removal of the bank from the high street, but not necessarily the removal of the brand. The brand is shifting. It's coming to into your kitchen through Alexa, you know, OK Google or, or anything like that. It's in your pocket as e-wallets, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff. It's like the removal of banking from the physical and transitioning into the digital. Interesting. Interesting. How do you categorize the progress that you made at Lloyds Bank so far? Uh, the progress is that it's amazing. Just even within the last couple of years, the amount of change that we've um, been able to do has been outstanding. We're actually moving from what I would actually call a hierarchical organization, specifically within engineering, to something which is a lot more uh, non-hierarchical and a lot more community feeling. And it's really interesting because there's a real healthy tension between the two. So when you work for a hierarchical organization, 
the leadership says that you've got to make a change, right? And then that cascades through the hierarchy of the organization and people do it, right? When you're actually shifting or turning into an organization which is digitally transforming, it's not just a movement of digital. It's not just about how you apply technology. It's also like a mindset. It's delegating authority to people so they can actually fix things for themselves. You know, teaching people how to communicate across borders so we can shift knowledge around. But you can't do that in a hierarchical sense, right? You can only do it by demonstrating what needs to be done and bring people on that journey, right? So two years ago, there was a belief that we were transforming, but people didn't know really what that meant. They heard that we needed to do it. Fast forward two years, and people are engaging in it. You know, they're partaking in it. People's confidence is growing. I'm coming out to San Fran to speak at GitHub Universe. That type of thing just didn't happen then. Going to IBM Think, speaking at DevOps Enterprise Summit, speaking on the podcast about it wasn't really something that was part of our prioritized list. But now it is. We're, we're now understanding that knowledge needs to be shared and people need to work together. And actually, I'm not the only one doing this now. People are actually seeing what we're doing in this room, you know, talking. And I'm pretty sure that there'll be other people doing the same. So the movement has actually started now and it's really gaining momentum within the organization. So, so Lloyd's announced earlier this year that they're going to invest about $3 billion pounds on business transformation, big portion of it specifically dedicated to digital transformation. You know, that's a pretty big check. I'm assuming they're using Lloyd's Bank for that. Can you, can you walk me through what's, what triggered this? What is the goal for this, uh, yeah. this kind of investment? Right. So the interesting thing about that, that whole investment in transformation isn't something that's happening behind the scenes. It's not like where Lloyd's used to be, where engineering or IT was something that you needed. It was almost like a means to an end of creating products, and you needed an IT team in order to do that. With this £3 billion that's actually been invested, it's almost like an open declaration that engineering is of importance, and it demonstrates that we're now an engineering organization as well as a bank which um, for me is actually really important. It opens up the doors to people to recognize that actually we are a technology company now. And that three billion isn't for the guys who are working, you know, in the back room out of sight. It's like an open declaration by the organization from the people who are leading the bank, the actual CEOs and, you know, the people who are making all of these decisions. It's almost a recognition that engineering and technology is fundamentally important to the future state of banking. And we're going to invest a huge amount of money in transforming that and also enabling the people who come with it. Because Lloyd's could invest £3 billion and not actually announce it at all. That declaration of, we need to transform, we know that there's other competing businesses out there outside of banking, it's a real clear signal to both the people within the bank and also people outside of banking that technology is important. It's not just an interface to your account. You know, it's actually a physical engagement. If anything, knowing that engineering is important and £3 billion is a su substantial amount of money, that's one thing. But that actual physical announcement that we're transforming ourselves and engineering is at the forefront of that. It's just amazing. You know, it, it almost takes Lloyd's out of banking and, and into an area of technology like Google or Facebook or Amazon or, or places like that. And to be quite honest, it's that message that will make it really interesting for engineers to join, you know, because what with open banking, 
and various different you know, APIs that are being created around Europe for engaging with banking, it means that the whole technology engagement around that is actually a really fun thing to experiment with. And with um, some of the products that other challenges are actually creating, they're all experimental as well. I mean, they're all really creative in the way the problems are being solved. And to know that not only do we have the investment around that and we have the size and we see ourselves as engineers, you know, capable of creating great things like the guys at Facebook are doing, it just seems like it's incubating a really exciting time for us right now. Awesome. Got it. And, and did you have to make any fundamental changes in your hiring process? Yeah, and we're doing that right now, to be quite honest with you. And that is a really interesting line of conversation that I love. So what have we noticed? There's not enough engineers out there, okay? But that doesn't dictate whether people are smart or not. Even education doesn't dictate whether people are smart or not. You know, it's something that allows you to qualify what you've done and how how you've got to a certain point. But it doesn't mean that we're lacking intellect within society. And I've also worked and spoken to people who work in charities within the UK who go out into neighbourhoods where education hasn't been possible due to wealth or personal circumstances or, you know, family commitments or anything like that. And they're finding people who have, like, real interest in fintech or blockchain or, you know, cryptocurrencies, you know, who haven't been through the educational system. And so for me, the way that um, hiring is actually shifting is going out into communities, visiting meetups, creating meetups, inviting people to join and to speak and to like demonstrate what they're doing. Rather than, I think agencies have their place, but that's not the only point of contact. It's not about SEO and skimming CVs for the best possible keywords anymore. It's about having that physical connection as an engineer to society, letting people know that they can share ideas. They can show us, you know, what they're doing, how they're actually applying technology, and the qualification that they have won't be the first killer question that will stop you from having an interview or having a conversation. Well, one of the questions that we ask all our guests is, uh, "What was your biggest bug in production environment?" Wow, that is a really interesting question. This is supposed to be an embarrassing one, just so you know. Yeah. I can tell you something that I've done, but I don't know if it was a production bug. When I was first starting out, right, so I literally graduated from university and I was really lucky. We're talking about Silicon Valley here in the US, you know, where we're sat right now. Over in the UK, we have um, a similar thing. It's called the M4 Corridor. It's like our Silicon Valley. We get the various um, tech companies, the giants around there, so Oracle and Microsoft and they tend to form there. And when I graduated, I joined a startup. And so there was literally about 50 of us. And I remember during high paced growth, they actually put me in charge of all of their DNS for their site, for their email, anything that was online. That was mine to own. We were going through a migration of our servers from one, it wasn't a cloud provider. I mean, they, they provided us servers, you know, but that's the way it worked back then. And we needed to change our DNS from one provider to another. Relatively straightforward, you know, nothing too big. But what I did was redirect everybody's corporate email onto somebody's server somewhere in the States. And we came in one morning and people were like, it's really quiet in the office. There's absolutely, well, you know, what, what's going on out there? And it was only because some server guy in the farm of service was saying, do you realize that all of your corporate email is actually hitting our servers and it's actually starting to aggregate itself in our mailboxes? And I was like, oh, crikey, <laughs> you know, what have I done here? 
Yeah, that might be the best hack for increasing productivity yeah. organization to, to have that. Well, maybe we can conclude with that. Thank you so much, James. It was great talking to you and hearing your views on the digital transformation. Thank you for being part of our podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you so much for the listeners. If you have any specific questions or topics, tweet to at Hackerank. Thank you so much.